Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Podcast. We're the Switch to Manual guys. I'm Antonio. And I'm Tom. Hello, Tom. Hello, Antonio. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good, man. Good. I'm ex- yeah. excited about this episode. Yeah, so this is our dozenth episode. Can we say that? That's episode 12. And uh, we call it The One That Got Away. And Tom, I think we came up with this idea because you said you missed a shot the other day. So why don't you tell us this sad story? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man, it is sad. It's probably not. Is it sad? No. Yeah, kind of. You know, I mean, it is just it happens all the time. And uh, which is why it seems like a good topic, because we can all relate to the shots that got away, especially street shooting when Things just happen so unexpectedly. And on, on this one particular occasion, I was actually driving and, you know, don't try this at home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hesitated even about mentioning this, but, you know, now and then I'll, I'll get some interesting shots while driving. And, you know, with my wide angle, it's like, you know, I don't really have to take my eyes off the road. I can just point the camera in a certain direction. And uh, I was actually driving through the meatpacking district. So I was in like, you know, the lower western part of Manhattan really early in the morning on a Saturday morning because I was driving to a photo shoot and I had my camera sitting beside me on the passenger seat. If you know that part of Manhattan, it's like these weird little streets and kind of funky and cool buildings. And And they used to pack meat there. That's why it was called the Meatpacking District. I had I had a studio there. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so I'm. And it so didn't going... smell very good. It didn't. It didn't smell very good, by the way. Yeah, it can be a little dicey, but of course, like everything else, it's gentrifying, and now there's mm. some like fancy condos down there, and but there's still some cobblestone streets, and and there's places with real character. So, so I'm driving down uh, through that area, um, going relatively slow. You know, probably 25 miles an hour, and and I. I look up ahead on the left and I see this woman in this incredible flowing lavender dress that looked like she could have been a character in an opera. I mean, literally, it was like something, you know, royalty would wear. It was just, it was astonishing. So I immediately just reached for my camera and I hadn't been doing any shooting. I wasn't really set for those light conditions. So I just turned the knob to auto and as I drove past her, just aimed the camera in her direction, and I think I only got one shot off. And then, and I think there was a car behind me, so I I went up to the light, waited about thirty seconds for the light to change, turned the corner, and pulled over and ran back there. And she was gone. <laughs> and she was gone. You know, so the, the woman whole, in the red dress. It sounds, sounds yeah. like a- uh, the beginning of a movie of some sort. Yeah, totally. So the and it happened to be the day after Valentine's Day. You know, I think she was probably waiting for a cab, but it was just that moment in the in the early morning in the city where it's eerily quiet, and it was just it was just kind of magical, you know. And I I, mm. I swear, I mean, it was about thirty seconds. You know, I just waited for that light to change, turned the corner, pulled over, parked, and I ran back there thinking, you know, I will ask, I will shoot. And there's, she was That's gone. It. And that was gone. it. Uh, and then I Did looked at my exist? camera <laughs> and that one that I, you know, the one shot that I got off is just kind of blurry, you know? Yeah. 
to be deleted. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, but I, I, I probably never will. You know I mean? I will save that picture as a reminder to myself. Do you leave your camera on all the time? I do. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, sometimes you're using a Canon, right? DSLR. Yeah. Canon 5D Mark II. Actually, when I, when I turn my camera off and on, um, it has an automatic sensor cleaning action. And so sometimes when, when I feel it's safe to do so, I'll turn my camera off and on just for the sensor to clean itself. But yeah, for the most part, I just leave my camera on, you know, to, to shave off a few seconds of it, otherwise having to turn on and, you know, go through its own internal process. And I found, you know, the battery life is great. You know, I, I can leave it on 24 hours a day and I have, you know, two or three different batteries. So I'm just, you know, making sure all my batteries are charged. But when I'm not shooting, I can have one battery in my camera and have it on for 24 hours and it'll still be, you know, above 50% powered. Yeah, that's the big advantage of the DSLR because you can leave it on and be ready to shoot and the battery doesn't get used up. And in my case, what I'm using now is I'm heavily leaning on my mirrorless Fuji X100T, and it will go into a sleep mode, and it takes a couple of seconds to power up. So I can leave it on, but it would drain the battery, so they have it designed so that it powers down. Um, Mm. So often, you know, the shots that I'm missing is because I'm walking down the street and I have the camera around my neck and I've been walking for a few extra minutes and the camera goes into sleep mode and I see someone coming at me and I go to press the trigger and it's waking up and it spends a couple of seconds waking up. And so I'm missing, I mean, this happens to me every day Uh that I'll miss a shot because the camera is sleeping. And so I'm often finding myself with the camera around my neck touching the trigger the shutter um, halfway down every few minutes to keep the thing awake which is really annoying because I would like to be able to override that and leave it on because there are shots that happen so fast and if the camera is not powered up you're going to miss them and I Mm. find that happens to me a lot and the DSLR my Nikon like with your Canon I can leave it on all day long all weekend long you know, yeah. it, and it's not draining because it's not using an LCD screen, very low power usage. You know, the shutter is kind of mechanical in a way. So it's, it's you know, it doesn't even use that much power when you when you take shots. So it's something that happens all the time. It's like, depending on the camera you have, you can leave it on all the time or you have to make sure that it's awake. But right. that's the biggest time I'm missing shots is because the camera is waking up. Yeah, those first few seconds are, um, you know, so critical and which is one of the things we wanted to talk about, just the the whole process of preparation. I think we have a video on our website where we, you know, this is one of our little tips is just, you know, if you're shooting in one set of conditions sort of the night before, you know, if you're shooting music at really high ISO and you're just, you know, maximizing all the available light. And then the next day you're walking down Broadway and it's bright and sunny and you haven't made any adjustments, then your first few shots are going to be blown out. So, you know, no matter, no matter what the light conditions, I would imagine you do this, Tony, you know, as a matter of course, when you're starting out and you're walking down the street, you're just sizing up the light and setting your 
shutter speed and aperture to get in the, the basic ballpark so that if something does happen, chances of catching it. So you've got are, a good, a good yeah. chance, yeah. Part of what I'm doing, especially with this new Fuji camera, is a lot of the dials are on the outside. And so I'm looking at the situation and thinking, hey, I want to either stop action by using a higher shutter speed or I want a greater or shallower depth of field by presetting my aperture. So I'm constantly looking down at that and deciding what I want to get so that when the person that I want to photograph comes at me or I'm passing by them, I'm aware of how the camera is set to maximize my chance of getting that shot so I don't let it get away. Yeah, exactly. And then what you were saying about pressing the trigger lightly just to keep the camera awake, you know, I think all of these things really, it's so integral to street shooting that there's a flow and you're kind of, you're going with the flow and you're constantly thinking about, you know, sort of anticipating the situation that might arise. And if you're on the sidewalk and, and the interesting people are within a certain range, then you're kind of thinking, okay, well, I'm going to use an aperture of say like 3.5 and, you know, or, or higher, whatever it is, but you're constantly making those minor adjustments. And, and so that then, you know, and so you're constantly increasing the chances of getting the shot that you want, but there's that constant give and take between what you're seeing and what's happening and the sun going behind a cloud or, you know, a big truck coming by and casting a shadow. Mm -hmm. and, but mm -hmm. that's part of the fun is sort of dealing with those unanticipated things, but as much as possible, anticipating what it is that you're wanting to do. So when it all comes together in that moment, you know, sometimes you don't miss the shot. And that's, and that's the flip side of missing the shot. You know, the one that got away. I mean, when you look at one, they were like, oh, man, this makes me happy. You know, I'm just so mm -hmm. psyched that I, I got this shot. And usually it's through you know, putting all these different strategies into play. Yeah. And, you know, with the newer cameras, there's so many settings that you have to pay attention to. I was just looking at my note and I wrote down macro mode. Sometimes I'm, I'm leaving the camera in macro because I need to shoot close-ups and I might forget to turn that back on. I sorry, turn it back off when I'm done shooting. And so just like when we were talking about the ISO and the shutter and, and your settings from previously before, if, like if, you, if you're leaving it in macro mode or black and white mode, because all the new cameras have, you know, you might be shooting in black and white the day before and you want to shoot color. So there's yeah. so many things that you're going to pay attention to when you're going to go out and shoot so that you get the shot. I mean, again, black and white or color doesn't really matter if you're shooting raw. Uh, which is why I like to shoot raw all the time because in case I do make an error in my shooting of my JPEGs, I've got the raw backup to uh -huh. work with. But there there are so many more things to have to look at. Uh, it's true. To, one, to one thing I like to do is to. just actually take a picture, you know, and then just look at the back of your camera, see what you got. And if there's something glaring like, you know, you're in black and white or something is way off, then you'll immediately see it. Whereas, you know, if you're in the ballpark, then it's going to be like, okay, yeah, I'm pretty much where I want to be. Jeez, that's such an easy solution. <laughs> Just take a shot. <laughs> you take a shot and then all the data is there and you can say, oh yeah, the ISO is too high. Yeah. I'm in color when I should be in black and white or, or vice versa. Yeah. So I have so nice... many, I have so many images of, you know, the view of the sidewalk in front of where <laughs> yeah. I live. I really do, you know, because I just routinely Your take feet, a shot. Right? Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Shots of your shoes, yeah. But uh, I, I was going to say that the other thing about the when you when you mentioned me touching down the trigger, um, I wanted to talk about that because a lot of the different cameras have a different response when you're touching the trigger down to focus for your shot. Uh huh. So you know the DSLR are higher end cameras. I don't want to say higher end; that's not the right word. But you know the DSLRs, the more mechanical cameras tend to have a lot. M- faster response so the catalog touch down the tree the ca- <laughs> hey <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm an advocate for the mirrorless people in the 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 less expensive cameras as you get towards the point and shoot that tr- delay between the time you touch the trigger down and the shot takes actually increases and especially if you use something like an iphone to photograph with that delay is very very um noticeable long. yeah yeah you know, so a lot of the cameras, the cell phones don't do this, but a lot of the cameras will let you touch the button halfway down, which will lock in the focus and the settings. And as long as you leave their figure on the trigger halfway down, you're ready to take the shot. So often that's a way to make sure, like if you're seeing something happening, you're, you pre-focus or you pre-set up, you touch that button down, and the next little bit of pressure from your finger, you snap the shot and you're done. So, you know, that's that's something that I'm always paying attention to. And it depends on what camera I'm using. My DSLR, I can just press the trigger down and I'm taking the shot. There's no, there's almost no delay. My higher-end Fuji mirrorless, the delay is slight because it's also trying to focus, you know? So if I touch down the, the, the button, I can hear the focus mechanisms going zoop, 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 you know? So it takes a second yeah. to focus. And, you and then the lower end... The- Okay, sorry, go ahead, keep going. No, I was going to say, in the lower end, it's even more pronounced, the time, you know. So uh-huh. part of this, I think sort of our overall thing is like even getting to know your equipment, understanding how long that that delay is so that, you know, you're picking up your camera, you know, okay, I can just snap a shot. I don't have to worry about this. But this camera, I've got to anticipate some time. What were you going to say? Well, I, th- I, I thought we might want to get into the, um, you know, depressing it halfway and how that can lock the focus. Yeah, it does. And, but sometimes even when you press the button down, you can feel the camera go, at least on my, on this Fuji, it goes zoop, 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 zoop before it takes a shot. Yeah. That, that reminds me of another point in terms of like missing shots. So often the autofocus, I think, can be the the cause of, of missing a shot that you're trying to get, you know, especially if, um, if your subject is moving or if for any reason the camera has difficulty determining what the subject of the photograph is, you know, then it can kind of search for the proper focus. Or, you know, if you're moments ago, you were focused on something really far away and now you're wanting to shoot something really close, you know, it can, it can take, the camera a few seconds to figure that out and that you know if it's a time sensitive shot it can cause you to miss the shot so one way to avoid that is to switch over to manual focus especially if you're dealing with something that's moving you know i have found that like a wildlife situation i will mm-hmm. i will definitely zero you know sharpen my focus on say it's a bird in the tree and I'm waiting for it to, to leap off the branch, you know, I will switch to manual focus so that then when it does leap, I mean, the focus is already there and 
Because if you're, you know, if you're sitting there waiting for a shot for, say, an hour, you know, and then, and then yeah, in the split yeah. second that you're trying to take the shot, the camera, you know, that the the, mo the movement throws it off, and that can be the most frustrating thing. Mm, don't be afraid of manual focus. Yeah. Say. Yeah. For this, for a lot of reasons, because that first trigger, you'll get the shot. You know, you may not be able to follow through on it, but if you're already set, that first shot should be the shot. So yeah, and depending on the camera and the lens, you know, sometimes you can have your finger right on that the, the control that goes from ma manual to auto focus, and you can be in manual and try to get the shot, and then you know switch to auto and try to follow the subject, and you know that it's not that hard to do. But the, yeah. the initial shot, oftentimes I have found, you're much more likely to get it if you can focus ahead of time, switch to manual, which is our mantra in general. It's, it's <laughs> you good. snuck that one in. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, get a couple of things out of the way, too, for missing a shot. I mean, we talked about making sure the lens cap is off the camera. Now, that's the stupid thing, right? Yeah, but, but it happens to, happens to everybody. Especially with some of the cameras, like it would happen with uh, a range find a digital rangefinder camera like the the Fuji I have, because if I'm using the optical viewfinder, I'm not seeing directly through the lens. Right. Um, so uh -huh. it may not know that the lens cap is on. With a DSLR or other cameras that are looking through the lens, you're going to have a lot harder time because you won't be able to see the image because the lens cap is on. But if you're using one of these range finders with an optical viewfinder, even if it's just a film camera too, uh -huh. it is very possible for you to leave that lens cap on. So I never have my lens caps on with my rangefinder cameras. If anything, I'm using a lens hood to protect the lens from bumps. You know, I don't use a UV filter just because that's the way I am. And I'm, I've never banged up the front of my lens, but a lens hood certainly helps a lot. And so... This way, I'm not having to pop off anything to take a shot. I might use a lens cap when I'm traveling, you know, from place to place. But when the camera's out, there's no lens cap dangling from there. It's the just a lens hood for bumps, ready to go. So yeah, there's that. I, I, I never, I never use them. Um, I've, I've even like because I never use them. I've lost most of mine. Or every now and then I'll be like, oh, that's where that lens cap is. But you know, you know, I have my camera in my sort of fanny pack which i have in front of me so i can just grab it and there's it's already on there's no lens cap i'm just immediately ready to shoot but i do use a filter because i i don't often use hoods because my lens doesn't fit in that fanny pack well with a hood so consequently you know i never have a lens cap on and my my filters are actually pretty banged up so i think if i if i weren't using the filters i'd 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 probably be messing up the lens itself, which, of course, is the last thing you want to do. Can you call it a fanny pack if you have it on your front? I don't know. I guess so, yeah. What is that, a belly pack? <laughs> it's a, a, belly, <laughs> a groin pack. The only thing about the filters getting scratched up is if you keep shooting through it, you're going to be you're shooting through a scratched up filter. So that's I, I know. So yeah. you've got this $1,500 lens going through a scratched up bad filter, and so your pictures are going to reflect that. So I would recommend you get new filters. Um but yeah, periodically. The other, the other after, yeah. Yeah. The other thing I want to quickly talk about is battery, because battery is one of those things that I'm always, you know, making sure of. And a lot people buy third party batteries and they don't necessarily register right in the camera. So they might say, power, 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 and all of a sudden they'll be off. So yeah. 
Or you just you know, forget that's to charge a, it. Yeah, don't forget to charge it. Bring extra, buy a couple of extra batteries, tuck them in your pocket. And and if you see it starting, to, you know, a lot of the indicators turn red. Don't mm-hmm. wait until it starts blinking. Once it turns red or it's got one pip on it, you know, I'm changing the battery. Because yeah, totally. I don't want it to run out. I don't want it to run out. And the other thing I just want to talk about, like the lesson I had, this is about talking about one getting away. This is the one I deleted. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know if I remember telling you this, but I often like to sit and look at my pictures in the camera. And I've only started doing this with these new cameras that I've got, the new Fujis, because they, they present the images nicely. And I was just going through and I was finding shots that I didn't want because I miss, you know, when I'm just doing street shots, I'll miss a bunch of things because people move out of the way. And there was this one shot of a guy in front of his shoe shining place, and and I was looking at it, and I was, and I just, I hit delete by accident. Because <laughs> you were you were deleting a, a bunch, right? I was deleting. No, I was going through it. I was going delete, delete, delete. You know, one yeah, one at a time. And this one just, I was in this mode, and I went boom and deleted. I'm like, ah, oh, and it's the worst feeling. Well, so the long story short was, I got home. I didn't. I took that card out of the camera. I used to put another card in, and I got home, and I used some disk recovery uh, software uh, on my computer to recover the image. And so, cool. you know, I it it doesn't prevent me now from still doing that, and I, I still risk deleting something, you know, by accident because I'm doing it out in the field. But you know, and there's ways of recovering it. And now that I know I can do it, I'm a little less nervous about it. Uh-huh. But that's the one that got away, you know. Yeah, that's the, you know, being very careful. Like, there's the shot I want. If I know I want it, maybe I'm not going to delete anything around it. I'm just going to make sure. But, uh, you know, it, it happens to me, too, sometimes. I, you know, all of a sudden I have a, you know, brain hiccup and, uh, and, and do something not too smart. But at least, you know, there are things to help recover from that. So Yeah, one thing I do is if I take something that I'm really excited about, I um, go through the menu and protect it. So then if later, you know, I know we're going to, we're going to be talking about workflow in our next podcast. And one thing you don't want to do, which I sometimes do, true confessions is, you know, I'll upload photos to my computer out of order, you know, because something's more important. And so then I forget, okay, have I uploaded this or not? And, you know, Mm. worst case scenario, you're, you clear your, you know, you reformat your memory card thinking that everything's uploaded when something's not, or you just delete all images thinking that they're all uploaded and you just want to yeah, clear we'll, a memory card. But I, so we'll, we'll, one, we'll talk about that <laughs> when we're yeah, offline. I'm going to have one, to yell one, at you. <laughs> one precaution, you know, is just now mostly what I'll do is I'll, I'll protect an image and then I haven't been reformatting my cards, you know, all the time. I'll do it eventually, but I'll keep some images on there just as one more layer of safeguard. And when I, I'll delete all images except the protected ones. So the ones I'm really excited about and really into, they stay on that card. I'm going to lecture you in, in next, next, next episode. So, <laughs> yeah. all right. Anything well, else? I think we're wrapping up on this one. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of times the shot gets away and we could probably talk about this for another hour, but you know, if we stick to these basics, you know, I'm thinking we're probably going to help the world not yeah. lose any more shots. So. Get prepared. Make sure your batteries are charged. Don't use your lens cap or make sure it's off. If you're, you know, anywhere near where you're going to shoot. Yeah. And this stuff happens to the, to the, to the pros too. So <laughs> it's not just anybody can do all this stuff. 
yeah. and lose shots. So yeah, just as we just want to stack the deck in your in your favor by doing as much as you can do beforehand to be ready. Yeah, do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks for tuning in. This is our twelfth episode. Uh, we love our listeners. We're, I think we're gonna do another. We're gonna do another listener show soon. I think we're getting a couple of questions, and we're gonna start having some interviews with some photographers. So, we want you guys to constantly tune in. We're gonna have some photographers that we know from New York area, and we're gonna do some interviews with them. So, listen for those announcements coming up uh, at some point once we uh, arrange our schedules. So, in the meantime, you guys can find us. Where can they find us? We're right here on switchtomanual.com. And you can find us, where else? Twitter. We're at switch, the number two, manual. So switch to manual. We're on Google+. Plus. We have a Google Plus love fest going on there. So join us there. <laughs> I'm really Facebook. trying to push the Google Play. We're Facebook people. Please like us on Facebook. If you like this podcast, like us on Facebook. We like the little thumbs up that we see. You know, Every time we log on to Facebook, we want to see you guys. And what else? Did I miss anything? Oh, and if you have any suggestions or feedback for us on this show, we would love to hear us. You can either tweet us at our Twitter handle or you could send us an email at info at switchtomanual.com. And you can hear we're having a lot of excitement outside. There's a lot of sirens. Yeah, Something's going on in the city from today. New York city. Yes, we're live in a, an apartment <laughs> in Brooklyn. <laughs> But this is street shots. It should have street sounds outside. So yeah, anyway, totally, man. yeah, really happy that you're t- hanging in with us, and we will talk to you next time. So take care. Adios.